Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate marriage, family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Family Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and I'm here with my teammate, co-host, and president of Canacuck Camps, Joe White. Shay, I'm glad to be with you. I got to confess, uh, I was I was a little late to the podcast today because uh, I was in my office in my wheelchair and uh, I got stuck trying to turn around. It was very uh, difficult. I couldn't. It was stuck. Yeah, there's some tight corners in your house. Joe. You know what? There are, and I, I you know, I hadn't done a wheelchair for that long. You know, most of a year. But uh, but you know, those two little rollers in the front, and I'm just I'm just kind of a rookie at this wheelchair thing. But anyway, I'm glad to be here with yeah, you today. Yeah, before before long, you're going to be on two wheels spinning through that place. I have no doubt. <laughs> just like you do everything else. <laughs> Crutches, wheelchairs, they're all fun. That's right. I've had fun. Well, Coach, today we're talking about spiritual growth and specifically suffering well. And uh, generally, we'll have a guest in to come and talk with you and I. But today, you happen to be sitting in our the seat of our special guest because you have received an honorary doctorate in suffering. <laughs> and we've had a lot of good laughs over the years, you talking about your trophy case. And uh, Joe's trophy case consists of all of the uh, wounds that he has either inflicted on himself or received otherwise. Uh, he considers some trophies and testimonies. Tell us about some of your favorite trophies, some of those physical uh, oh, beatings that you've taken over the years. Oh, man. You know, like the Navy SEALs say, the only easy day was yesterday. Um, you know, looking backwards over our shoulder, we always see with 2020 vision God's hand in everything. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Romans 8:28 that God calls all things to work together for our good. And so here I sit with one little short leg and and the other leg that, you know, has got pinched nerves in it. And honestly, while I'm sitting here, shooting pains are going down my, my good leg. So my short leg's my better leg than my long, long leg right now. But I don't know, man. Uh, it's been a crazy ride, uh, Shay. And, you know, our sufferings are our trophies. That's a fact. You know, Paul said, I have nothing to boast about with my sufferings. And honestly, Shay, when I've when I've suffered my worst, um, I, I don't know when, you know, maybe one time I had three heart attacks. And honestly, I was kind of ignoring the heart attacks. I don't know, fam families, if you really appreciate that. But, you know, I had my first one and I was like, nah, that wasn't a big deal. I knew what it was, but I didn't want to quit. And then I had another one. I was like, oh, you know what? That I'm not on the floor, you know, I'm, but it'll be okay. And because you know, I was I was heading in a direction I didn't want to stop. And the third one, uh, I was speaking over at the institute, and as I was introduced, I was having a heart attack, and I you know went ahead and went down the aisle and did my you know thirty five or forty minute delivery, uh, and I was fine. And then a doctor friend of mine came to town. And he was, he's like, how you been doing? I said, well, you know, honestly, I, I think I've had three heart attacks, but I'm fine. And he goes, what? <laughs> he goes, we're going to the ER. Anyway, so I ended up in the hospital and they put my chest up and, and did bypass surgery. And then my lungs filled up with blood and they had to go through the back. And, 
but 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 and that was you know there were some horrible times there honestly oh my and, but but you know I've had a lot of horrible days but I've never had a bad day if you know what I'm talking about um, there's a difference between a horrible day and a bad day but I've I've fun with the nurses and I was yik yakking with everybody in the hospital and making friends and um, <laughs> making the doctors laugh at me. But but honestly, in the worst sufferings, and they were the night times. The night times were long. You know, I couldn't sleep during that month. Uh, something was wrong with my sleeping system, and I was in a lot of pain with tubes in my chest and stuff. But I, but honestly, I realized that my worst suffering was a splinter of the cross that my Savior died on. And I don't want to over spiritualize this thing, folks, because we you know we're living in the real world, and I get it. But I was just having a splinter of what he went through on the cross, and it put it all in perspective, Shay, that um, my suffering and my worst wasn't, wasn't anything to talk about. Do you remember that specific event? Like, what time of night was it? Where was it at in the you know the course of that surgery with your heart? Oh, my. Well, the nights were long, and people who've, who've, who've been hospitalized like I have, you know what I'm talking about. And honestly, folks, for all of us, suffering's ahead, behind, or we're in it now. But I'll just tell you, after being 71, you know, birthdays now and going through, you know, a lot of different things, uh, you have nothing to fear. You know, if there's any message I want to get across this podcast today, you have nothing to fear. Whatever you go through, God's uh, provision of grace and, and comfort and purposefulness is enough to go through anything that you go through. And, you know, for me during that episode, that it was just the long nights watching the clock go around and around and around through the night with no visitors and, and just laying there suffering. You know, medicine doesn't help when you suffer severely. Uh, and so you just, you just grow close to your Savior. Um, and boy, did I ever grow close to the Savior uh, during those days, you know, when you suffer, you either run away from God or you press into God. And, you know, I choose to press in and he's enough. God plus nothing. He's enough. Wow. Joe, so I, probably most of our audience has some idea of what you're going through, but there's some some people might not have any idea. Tell <laughs> tell the audience about um, just the story of your amputation. Um, what's it been like? How long has it been? Why did you have to have your leg amputated? Oh, goodness, Jay. God's good. He really is. And, and I, you know, you get the real me, folks. You know, I'm, I'm pretty raw. And when I, when I sound happy, it's because I'm happy. When I cry and wail on the floor, I, I cry and wail. And I have those moments when I'm, when I'm grabbing the carpet. Um, you know, they always ask me, what's your pain level? I'm always like two. You know, I'm two's good, whatever. But sometimes it's been a 12, <laughs> for real. Um, but this one's been a 12 at times, honestly. Um, it started off with, a, you know, an ingrown toenail. Hello. Uh, but, but I don't have good circulation. Uh, you know, I've got a disease of some kind. Um, and so my veins are clogged up. And so uh, the toe didn't heal, and I got my toe amputated, and that was kind of a difficult season. And then the whole foot went south, and I was, like, ready for an amputation, honestly. It was so severe at wow. that point. At that, that point, it had been about three months or four months building up to that event. 
And so I went in there going, take it off, take it off. Sincerely, and, like you were ready to oh get boy, rid of it. Oh, it boy. So much. Yeah, I was ready to take it off. Uh, and a brilliant surgeon, Dr. Uh, Will Ertle in Oklahoma City, did the amputation. He's a specialist. And he makes a cute little bald-headed guy down there. I mean, he does a really cute amputation. It, It's a really nice-looking amputation, Jay. Oh, I must admit, it's, this is, it's fantastic. Yeah, this is not a bad one. Um, but... But I don't know. One leg is great, honestly, and I hope I can keep one leg, uh, the way things are going. But, um, but yeah, two legs is like a spare tire, you know. That's right. I got an extra one back there. Backup. Yeah, I got a backup leg. So, <laughs> so I kind of feel sorry for two-legged people, honestly, because how else could a seventy-one-year-old wrinkled-up old thing have a new mountain to climb? Wow. I mean, this is like you know, I love adventures. And, you know, through the pain, whatever, uh, this has been, honestly, a great adventure. Um, you know, the little wheelie thing, I've got a little wheelie thing I put my knee on, and I kind of scoot around, and, you know, I had to do some traveling alone, you know, over Christmas, back and forth to the doctor, and I, I, could, I could go through DFW Airport, like, fast. I'd get on that thing, and I would try to out-scoot. All the people are walking really fast. Of course, everything's a competition. Yeah, I could right? crush them. I was scooting past everybody, going down Carter C. Just DFW Carter C is like a mile long, and I was just scooting along. That's been fun, doing crutches, uh, you know, without falling. And by the way, I fall. I'm not super agile anymore. And you know, you whack that leg that's hanging down there, and you know, you just lay there Ooh. in severe pain, and you're like. <laughs> this is really crazy down here until you can get up. Um, but, Shay, you buy a pair of shoes and you get to give one away. That's right. I mean, how cool is that? And how many you two-legged boring people get to give away one shoe when you buy a pair of shoes? You need to find a left, left-legged left buddy. We've done that. Have you found one? After the amputation, ladies and gentlemen, my wife bought me, as, as insult as it is, a new pair of Under Armour shoes. Uh-huh. I thanked her for those two shoes. Well, just across the hall from me in the recovery area. No way. There was a dear man who actually needed a left shoe. And Debbie Joe presented him with a brand new Under Armour left shoe. And he was incredibly grateful. Wow. Because this man was in a poverty condition and he mm. really needed a new shoe. <laughs> How great can that be? You'll be connected at the heel for the life. I know. I have one leg in heaven already. What what in the world? Coach, you know, I've been watching you walk through this, and (laughs) and it is. I mean, it's just you have fun with your whole life, and I I I think that's one of the gifts that God's given you, especially to work with kids. Um, and, And no doubt there's been hard times too, but, you know, every summer we study a book of the Bible, and, and one of the promises that we make our staff is that that we are going to teach them how to inductively study their Bible so that they'll walk away equipped to, to study their Bible for the rest of their life. And this summer, we just happen to be studying First Peter, and one of the golden threads that streams through First Peter is the concept of suffering. And here's just some of the promises I'll rattle off for you. It says, if we suffer unjustly, we find favor with God. Jesus gave us the example that while suffering, he uttered no threats, but he kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. 
It says, if you suffer for the sake of righteousness, you're blessed. It's better to suffer for doing what's right. He who suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. It goes on and on with these beautiful truths. And my question for you is, you know, after walking through, you know, these different seasons of suffering and, you know, according to Scripture, it's refining you. It's, it's helping you break free of sin. It's, it finds favor with God. Like, how do you read these scriptures differently now than you did as a young man who hadn't experienced such difficulties? Yeah, Shay, thanks for taking us there. Um, wow. You know, the, the scriptures don't talk a lot about, you know, partying and, um, you know, having a really good time. I mean, Christ does talk about having an abundant life, and I believe that with all my heart, no matter what's going on. But it does talk a lot about suffering well. It you does. know, the scriptures talk a lot about suffering well. And the, and the scriptures give us a lot of insight into how to suffer well. A young man uh, that I was discipling over the telephone, we, you know, Canuck does a lot of discipling of children all year round, and I love that. I love that. I love that. Uh, you know, we get a chance to pour into kids all year long. It's one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. But but one of my young men that I was that I was pouring into, um, you know, he was a really great football player, and football was his life. And I'll be tore, tore an ACL early in the season in his knee, a ligament. And he, he goes, Coach, what do I do? And I just, you know, I just off the cuff, I just said, suffer well. And you know what? That young man took that two-word phrase to his heart. And Shay, that kid suffered well. And, you know, ACL tears and the surgery that follows is very painful, especially for a young man who hadn't suffered a lot in his life. And after the season was over, he's like, Coach, uh, thank you. He said, that, that, you know, he said, I suffered well. And knowing that I could do that well, uh, this kid was a man of the Bible for his age. He, you know, this kid had poured himself into the scriptures also. And, you know, he had read First Peter and about suffering well. And he did. And so, you know, Shay, I... Um, there are nights, you know, <laughs> when you're in the hospital clutching the pillow and, you know, no one's in the room so you can cry freely without having to, you know, worry about, you know, hurting somebody's feelings or something. And you're laying there just clutching the pillow. Hmm. And it's, it's like, um, you know, God is all you've got. And... And again, when you when you when all you have is God, that's enough. And you know, Shay, I'm I'm a I'm just like a huge proponent. I don't know if that's even a word of of uh, of memorizing a, a scripture. And you know, I played no tackle, and so I'm not the smartest thing that ever lived. But uh, but you know, I learned forty something years ago that the that the that the heart of God, you know, the beauty of walking intimately with the Lord is in meditating on Scripture. And, and fortunately, you know, I'd never meditated or really memorized anything. I'm sort of ashamed to say I was like 23, and I remember an eighth-grade poem you know, I'd memorized once about a bee or something. That's crazy. But, but I just went home, and I go, I'm going to do that. 
and I started memorizing, you know, Scripture. And I was feeling great. You know, I was, you know, fit, and I didn't have any suffering at all. But I, but I started memorizing. And then I read an article in Moody Monthly Magazine when my kids were seven, five, and three, and I think one, uh, that this, this said, Dad, your number one job is to memorize Scripture with your kids. Wow. I didn't do that. And I felt ashamed, but I went I went home and I started memorizing scripture with my children at night. You know, I would lay them by them at bed at night and I would memorize scripture with my kids. And they loved it. And all of a sudden, the words of God became sort of the guiding uh, words of our family. And we needed that. You know, my wife and I tend to butt heads and, you know, she's very competitive. I'm very competitive. And and, you know, she didn't want a title at camp. She just wants to be boss. That's what she's told me. She always has a great sense of humor. By the way, she's super fun to be she married does. to. But, but, but when God is like the, his word is in your kids' hearts and his word is in your heart, that sort of becomes the authority in your home is his word. And so when you're suffering— and God's word is laid in your heart. And for all the young folks I'm talking to, y'all are in your 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s, and even you youngsters in your 60s out there. Um, if, you, if you do that now, not only will your parenting be much deeper and more splendid with your children and your marriage, for those of y'all who are listening that are married, um, I keep saying y'all, I'm from Texas, um, when God's word is, is, is continually, you're memorizing scripture together and it unifies you with God's intimacy at the heart of your marriage. But when you're suffering, uh, Shay, I don't know what I would have done, you know, in some of those horrible days and nights over the last year and back in the heart attack years and back in the leukemia, you know, those days were, you know, not knowing if you're going to live or die, um, I don't know what I've done would have done, Shay. Uh, but you know, First Peter. You know, I had a chance to memorize that book years ago, and uh, and it, and it spoke to me when I was in the hospital a lot. And I'm so glad Camp is doing that book this summer because it's so wise. But the Word helps you suffer well in the dark nights and the hard days. I, I want to drill a little bit deeper there. So so take us to the place where you're in. You know, some of those most difficult nights where you're in the pain and as you're quoting scripture, like, what is it doing? How is it mm. changing you or how is it helping you in those dark hours? You know what's interesting, Shay? I'm dialing back to the hospital days um, and, you know, they try their hardest to comfort you. And I applaud, you know, hospitals. But there's times that, that you know, pain pills, they're just, they're a pain themselves. <laughs> And, and the, the, you know, there's times you're suffering so much that stuff just doesn't work. And, you know, so you're suffering spikes up and down. Um, but my, oh, my, it was great. <laughs> you know, it was, like, it was like, Shay, my room was a sanctuary, to be flat out honest with you. I couldn't take television at all. If somebody wanted to take television, I'd say, please don't do that. And I was suffering so deeply, I couldn't even listen to music, if, if that sounds crazy to you. Mm. Uh, but I, I, music just wasn't, didn't feel great at all. Um, nothing felt great. 
But I kept going back to the 23rd Psalm. You, you know, that childhood psalm you learn in third grade, the Lord is my shepherd. I I don't want anything else but you, Lord. I, I shall not want. You make me lay down in green pastures. Oh, my. This bed is a green pasture. This suffering has a purpose. You know, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 4 says, when we suffer, and here's what I'm thinking in the hospital as I'm just going through the 23rd Psalm, when I suffer, I get a chance to have a backstage pass into the heart of every other suffering person I get a chance to be with. And I get to be with suffering people all the time. And so do you. Every listener gets to be with people who are suffering. And when you when you suffer, you get a chance to suffer alongside others that suffer also. And you get to be a word of encouragement to those who suffer alongside of you. And that enough is of that's enough in itself. Mm. And 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 then Shay, the ninety first Psalm. Oh my, you know it's only like six verses long, but it talks about how God protects you in your suffering, how God walks alongside of you in your suffering. Uh, so parents and 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 single folks and students and young folks that are listening, you know, even in your early student years. You don't have to go memorize books in the Bible. Just take the 23rd Psalm for a while. He, he leads me besides quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness. It keeps speaking to you about pursuing purity, pursuing purity, pursuing purity, pursuing purity. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I know I'm not going to die, and if I do, I'll be with Christ, I'll be with Jesus. I'm going through the valley. It's just a shadow. I don't have to fear evil, because, God, you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, Hebrews chapter 12, you know, it talks about God's disciplining of every son he receives, and he scourges every every son that's in his family. So it's of goodness that I get a chance to suffer well. So just just take the 23rd Psalm. Your goodness and mercy will be with me all the days of my life. And by the grace of God, as you're hurting, you've lost your job. You've lost your straight A, you know. You've lost your season in football or basketball or track or baseball. You know, you've lost your friends for a month or two here. You know, we're all suffering together. That 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 it will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. And if that really matters to you, that's enough. No matter how high the pain in your life is from your losses. You know, Joe, I, I'm sitting here and I have the unique perspective. I'm like actually watching you process through this and relive those moments and quote through that scripture. And and what I'm seeing is I'm seeing you taking God's word and you're taking those holy words and you're ministering to yourself. 
and you're readjusting your perspective and you're struggling, you're actively struggling through the pain with the Lord. And I think that's the beauty of, you know, when you memorize something, it requires your focus. It requires you to take all of your mental focus and and to strive and to reach for and to lay hold of those holy words. And as you do that, as you drive that focus into that holy place, you're just channeling the power of God's words in your life. Man, that's a powerful, powerful illustration. Yeah, Shay, yeah, your words are so true. Um, You know, I'm just, again, just being very transparent. You know, the last, I don't know, three days, week or so, I've got a spine that's just not, it's just been beat up too much. There were just too many tackles and too many blocks and too many, too much of football. But but the nerves in my back, um, you know, and I don't, you know, this is what we're talking about. So, folks, please forgive me if it sounds like I'm whining because I don't, I can't stand whining. I'm just being transparent. Uh, but right now, the, uh, you know, the is is the nerves shoot down my right leg. Um, you know, it's not fun to lose your job. It's not fun to not make very good grades this semester. It's not fun when 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 you know the authorities governing well as well as they can possibly figure it out. You know, take away football and basketball and baseball and who knows what all else. Um, you know, it's not fun to uh, to have you know pains down your leg and have a cut off leg and um, it's it's hard. It's hard. It's sad. Um, but um, but 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 you know when I remember when I got leukemia, um, you know, and I, I thought I was going to die. The doctors thought I was going to die. It was it was you know it was a very it was a very uh, lethal form of you know a blood disease. And I remember saying goodbye to my wife, and I remember saying goodbye to my children. And I don't know that might have been the hardest suffering ever. Um, but I found a I found a place in Second uh, Corinthians uh, in the twelfth chapter. You know when when Paul was suffering, and and he asked the Lord to take the suffering away, and the Lord said, "You know what, Paul? My grace is all you need. My grace is all you need." And Paul took it to heart, and so did I. At that point, and 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 Paul said, "Most gladly, therefore, I will boast about my weaknesses. You know, my little Olaf, my little cut-off leg. You know, I'm proud of that little guy. He's fighting hard. He's doing everything he can to heal. And one day he may have a prosthetic, and he may not. But he's he's doing a great job down there. You know, and these pains that are going down my back and my leg right now. You know what? They've got a purpose." And uh, and so Paul said, I'll, I'll, I'll most gladly boast about my weaknesses that the power of Christ might live in me. And Shay, one of the reasons why I think that I, you know, have all have all of these, you know, surgeries and stuff is because, you know, I need I need God to chisel flesh off me. And I, I need that. There's a lot that needs to be chiseled off. I'm, I'm sure my wife and children would agree with that. Um and that's that's good to know that, uh, but also, uh, as Paul said, that the less of me there is, the more of Christ there is. And Borche, I've got a long ways to go. You know, I feel like I'm in kindergarten in my walk with Christ, and uh, there's just so much of me that needs to die. 
uh, uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer uh, said, you know, when Christ calls a man, he calls a man to die. And by the way, Shay, that is a tool to a great marriage. And, and by the way, parents, that's a, a, a great tool to, to being a great dad or a great mom is to, is to continually die before your wife, less of me, more of you. My, my goal is not to help me get understood, wife. My, my goal is for you to be better understood. You know, children, you know, please forgive your dad for having that horrible attitude that I had today. You know, forgive me for my anger. The more broken you are, the better you are at everything. But especially, especially, you're better at empathizing with other people. I love to counsel hurting people. Um, you know, I, I went through a, a really sad divorce when I was young. I was coaching at Texas A&M, and, and my wife, a wonderful person, I'll never, ever, ever criticize her, a wonderful person, but she fell in love with my best friend. And, uh, and, and they decided that, you know, that, that they, 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 would, they would get married. And again, I don't fault anybody. It's just what happened. But, but I can talk to divorced people. You know, I can care for yeah. divorced people. You know, having heart attacks, I could care for people if heart. I could care for people who have lost their jobs. I could care for people who are sad and lonely and depressed. And and so, Jay, realizing those things through Scripture, um, honestly, suffering is not that big of a deal. It's not that bad. Mm. Joe, last summer, and I, you may or may not remember this, but this is, this is a moment that we shared that I have thought about maybe hundreds of times since. But we were in your office, and it was shortly after your amputation. And you shared with me, he said, Shay, you know, when everything's going good, your faith does what the Bible says it's supposed to do. You know, it's it's there, it's it delivers. And he says, but you always kind of wonder, when everything goes poorly... And the world comes crashing down you around you. You just wonder, is is my faith really going to be there? Is it really going to deliver? And you looked at me, and at the time you were having, do they call it the ischemic pain? Mm-hmm. You know, of of when you know you had just had your leg amputated, so you could still feel the pain in your leg that you know the portion of your leg that was no longer there. <laughs> your foot's talking to you all the right. time. It's really I mean, kinda, you were in such cool. pain, and you looked at me and you said, "Shay, my faith is working just the same now, in the midst of you know just the horrors of this pain that it does when everything's good." T- tell tell mm. our audience or our listeners mm. more about that because they're going through hard times right now. Mm. I mean, our country and our world is is really b- suffering mm. on a widespread scale because of the coronavirus. Mm. Help help encourage us in that way. Mm. Yeah, faith and hope are Siamese twins uh, for me. And um, boy, I just I say I cling to some scriptures. You know, I I cling to Romans five five, where uh, where where Paul writes, you know, that hope does not disappoint. That is a big thing, uh, folks. That's a big thing. Hope does not disappoint. And that's why Paul said we rejoice in our tribulation because hope does not disappoint. And for me, uh, hope has been on trial. Faith has been on trial, honestly. 
and the, the the enemy, the adversary, he's always picking on me. I don't know if you ever have trouble with temptations, buddy, <laughs> but he's always picking on me. He's always saying, "Well, you're, you know, you're worthless, and God, where's God? Why is he not answering your prayers? Why is he not taking away your toe and your leg and all these things?" And I'm like, you know what, man? Hope's been on trial, but faith and hope still stand. And it, it's, it's the coolest thing in the world to know that no matter what happens on this planet, when you put your faith and hope in God, that hope and faith still stand. I don't care how hard the trial is, and everyone out there that's hurting right now or suffering in any way, I'm just telling you, if you're pressing into yourself right now, you're very disappointed in life. You're very disappointed in God. You're mad at God. Well, God isn't gone anywhere. You know, you may be leaving him, but he hasn't left you. He is still right there calling your name tenderly, saying, come home. And when you do, when you take your eyes off your cut-off leg or your cut-off job or your cut-off season of sports or, you know, your favorite, you know, Final Four didn't happen or whatever, when you take away that self-stuff and you press into God— Faith still stands. Hope never disappoints. He's there, folks. He's there. I, I'm just telling you, all you got to do is just reach out. Just reach out. He's there. And he wants you to be his child all the time, no matter what happens, all the time. Hmm. Joe, I want to thank you for just your vulnerability and, and sharing with us today. As I told you before, I mean, it's been, you know, your journey has been a testimony to all of us. And and specifically, I want to tee you up for your, your closing exhortation. Um, specifically, I want to go back to 2 Corinthians 1, 5. You know, when you, uh, 1, 3 through 4, it, it says that the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, will he himself... Uh, comfort those who are in their affliction, that they might turn around and comfort others in their affliction. And the way I look at that is he turns our wounds into his weapons for the gospel. Give our audience an encouragement of, of just what that looks like practically in regard to their suffering. Well, I'll just tell you a quick story. Uh, back in the Promise Keeper days, um, I was going from city to city on Friday nights with these men's events, and I was going to Providence, and this was the early days of the leukemia diagnosis, and we didn't know if we were going to live or die, and um, there were very tender times for my wife and I. But I was in the shower uh, getting ready to go j jump on the plane and go up to Providence to speak to these men, and, and I felt the Lord was saying to me clearly, would you give me the last 30 years of your life if just one man comes to Christ tonight? And I was, I was saying goodbye to everybody. I said, Lord, I don't know if I do. I don't know. And, and then I got out of the shower, and I was drying off, and I got dressed. And Shay, I saw this man in a trillion years in heaven. And why, why I felt like the voice of the Lord was seeing, showing me him in a trillion years. I don't know, but, but I saw this man in a trillion years in heaven, a man who, because he was going through cancer, or he was going through a cancerous addiction with pornography, or he was going through a cancerous, uh, painful divorce, or, you know, whatever those men were hurting over, that if I could connect with my cancer to one guy and lead that guy to Christ, 
I said, yes, Lord, it would be worth it. Absolutely. In, in a trillion years, who care how long you live? 30 years, 50, 80. And so I got on the plane, went to Providence. And to make a long story short, I built this cross. And uh, and and at the end of the presentation, 6,000 men got out of their chairs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> It was the coolest sight of my life. Wow! And they and they made their way up to that cross to to uh, to either commit or recommit their lives to uh, to Jesus. Um, so whether it's on a small scale of just being able to relate to one person, uh, you know, when I get to counsel one person, my little leg counsels more than I do, Shay. My little leg has more to say than I do. You know, your suffering speaks more loudly than your words do. And honestly, Shay. That's enough. If, if that's all I get out of this, that's enough. Wow. Joe, thank you for those words today. There's a lot for all of us to walk away with and be encouraged. Um, I would tell you if you're having a heart attack, go to the hospital. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, Joe, you're a riot. Thank you for sharing your life with us. And thank you, our audience, for sharing your time with us today. We hope today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm th Third approach to spiritual growth. We'd love to pray for you as Jesus followers. Father, we lift up these um, amazing people who are on the other end of this podcast, and we just pray a blessing over them. We pray, God, that as they walk through their season of suffering, that they might suffer well that they might walk with you, God. We pray, Jesus, that a whole generation would be reinvigorated to lay hold of your word, to memorize it, to commit it to heart, and to use it and wield it as a weapon as they walk through spiritual battles. We pray, God, um, for those who are currently suffering um, in the midst of this pandemic uh, or other circumstances that are happening in their life, God, we pray that you might meet them right where they're at, that you would comfort them and call them near to you and that they would uh, respond to that call and enter into intimate relationship with you, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to marriage, family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com.